Welcome to the Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys podcast, covering weekly investment news, important financial topics, and expert interviews. We want to help you become more knowledgeable about the financial world around you. This is not an offer to sell you anything, and remember, past performance doesn't indicate future results. Now your hosts, Ty Hansen and Ryan Robertson. All right. Welcome to another episode of Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys. We're glad to have you with us today. And as you may notice, it's a little different today. This is not Ryan Robertson. This is actually my good friend, Ryan Harding. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing well. You're keeping it with the Ryans, I guess, right? I, yeah, so, seriously. I mean, I mean, we don't want to we don't want to totally throw everybody off. Yeah, with a yeah whole no David person. You know, no, just, no uh, James is here. No, yeah, just Ryan. No James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. We're going to keep it easy. So. Yeah, this is so. This is my good buddy Ryan. We've known each other what about 12, 13 years. Long time, right? We, yep. we, yeah, we've known each other a long, long time. Yep. And and Ryan's a good buddy of mine. Smart guy, real successful. Uh, I, I don't want to give you too much of an yeah, overplay. Yeah, hey, we we I understand where I sit with you. We'll, we'll let you. Yeah, <laughs> we've had a lot of fun razzing each other over the years, haven't we? Um, so so Ryan's a good buddy of mine. He's also very, very successful in the mortgage business. He understands the real estate world very, very well. And, you know, we've done a few episodes, Ryan, you know, my, my business partner, and I have done a few episodes already about real estate. We talk a lot about the generalities, things like that. I'm excited for this episode for you and I to dive a little deeper into like what's going on in the mortgage industry right now. You know, wh- and, and, and I also like having you on too, Ryan, because you've, I know you've been really successful with your own, um, your own real estate investing. Yeah. Right. I know you've had a lot of success there. You understand the lending side of that, but also the investor side. Obviously I want to dive into that a little bit too, because you know, a lot of the people we work with, a lot of the people listening to our podcast, they, they love the idea of investing in real estate. And so we want to make sure that, you know, you help give us some, some insider, you know, tips and tricks of how, you know, they can be more successful with that. Do my best. Yeah. That sounds good. I like it. Okay. Um, so just maybe take just a quick minute, Ryan. Um, I know it's been what you said. What about fifteen years? Tell tell me a little bit about your background, how you got into mortgages, what you do, who you're with, those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. So I've been doing I've been doing loans for about fifteen years now. So um, I got in right, you know, right before the the crash, right? You know, the big housing crisis crash and stuff like that. And so it was interesting getting in. You know, I remember learning about stated income loans and different things like that. I was working at a bank called Wachovia, which um, has- oh, Wow, been, that's a blast from the past, right? man. Yeah, Wachovia, you haven't heard that, wow. that name in a while, right? You know, so, no. so Wells Fargo ate it up, right? They were one of the casualties of the crash and stuff like that. And so I remember working there, um, you know, it was interesting. There was a lot of guys that, um, you know, were working and, you know, their phones just rang and so life was good. And then the crash hit and- a lot of those guys that were just watching YouTube all day and stuff like that, they kind of got out. And so there was a large exodus of loan officers during that time. Um, and uh, I myself, you know, being a new loan officer, wasn't totally sure, like, hey, should I keep going with this career? Uh, I remember applying at Costco. Uh, Costco turned me down, which actually was really good because it kind of forced me, all right, I got to really make this work. And um, right. and like I said, I've been doing loans ever since, and it's been great. It, uh, now I have a team, I have a bunch of people working for me. and. Things are good. It's it's been great, uh, really, ever since that time. No, man, I love it, and and, and you know that's I I like that you share that because I mean you think about the the fact that you know kind of cutting your teeth during that time period where it was so 
so hot and then just boom, right? I mean, everybody knows 08, 09, how the, how the real estate markets imploded, obviously lending alongside with it. So I, I think that's really cool that you were able to see that firsthand. You know, in fact, I, I tell that to my, my, my listeners all the time where, you know, it's like, look, you really want to understand and, and you want to learn from people who have, who have gone through it, right? It's easy. Like it was easy for real estate investors, 03, 04, 05, 06, right? Like everybody was a real estate investor. Yeah. 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 That's true. Everyone was. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. But once you go through some of those experiences like you have, you know, it really makes you uh, understand things a little bit better. So I, I like that. That's cool. No, you're exactly right. Uh, yeah. You're exactly right. And, and I do remember, um, I do remember when you and I, because we were both with Security Home Mortgage and I mean, we're both, I mean, I'm still there too. And we, we have those connections still too. But I remember when, you know, when you guys first started coming to the staff meetings and things like that. And, and yeah, that's, it was, those were some good times way back when. So that's exactly it. <laughs> well, and, and again, too, I love, I love where, where you've gone in the business and, and definitely, you know, um, applaud your successes and, and, you know, you've, you've done a great job where, where you've taken your business to. So that's why I say, I like, I'm glad that we can have you on today to share some of that expertise. And like I said, some of the pros and cons, good, the bad, the ugly, everything that you've seen along the way. So, um, okay. So let's dive in to the biggest topic, I would say the number one thing people ask about all the time, what's going on with interest rates, right? Where are they today? Where are they going this year? What do you expect to happen with interest rates? What are your thoughts? Great question. Um, and yeah, you're right. That's actually one of the main questions I get myself too, right? Is, is where are interest rates going? Um, the short answer is in, in the short term, they're going up um, and they have been going up. I mean, it's actually no surprise, they're already higher. You know, the average rate right now, you know, it, you know, is is kind of high threes right now. Okay, so 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 compare that. Okay, so six months ago, where were you seeing rates? At so six average? months ago, you were in the you know the mid twos to high twos. You know. Oh wow. So I mean, you know, they've they've so they've already gone up quite a bit in in really a six month period of time, right? So so crazy. Um, which obviously just erodes the buying power of of, of people, right? I mean you know, that same house now costs you a little bit more. So I like, I like that thought. In fact, it, let's, I, I want to come back to that thought that buying power, you know, how that erodes. Let's, let's come back to that. Um, okay. So, okay. So you're saying though, almost a full percent just in the last six months. Correct. Correct. Wow. Yeah. And, cool. and a lot of that actually just happened in the last uh, two, three weeks, uh, you know, right. You know, right. Kind of as the stock market was starting to take a dive, you know, kind of, like a week or so before that. And then obviously that same week of the stock market, things have been getting worse, um, you know, kind of over that time period. So. And what are your thoughts? I mean, tell me a little bit about, you know, obviously there's a lot of moving pieces, but why, why, why rate, why the rate hike? What's going on with that? The, 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 the biggest reason rates are going up is inflation um, period. I mean, that's, that's really the main reason is, you know, as, as things get more expensive and, and it's not necessarily transitory inflation, it's kind of been spoken about. Right. So, so if it's if this inflation is kind of here to stay, that's what's making rates go up, right? Because ultimately, um, you know, interest rates are just, you know, hey, if I lend you money, I want to make back some money, you know, for that money. And so right, right. And, and in real dollars, that's less now with inflation, right? So to compensate, right. rates have to go up. And no, uh, that's and rates have been going up. That's a that's a good point, you know, because I don't think a lot of people think it, it's funny. We hear a lot of these theories. We talk a lot about these things, you know in in theory sure sure but then when you actually get to the real world it's like yeah yeah you and i know it's like no look businesses want to make money people lending money want to make money 
And so it's like, if it, it, that makes good sense that if I can't go buy, you know, put as much gas in my car because it's more expensive or buy more groceries because it's more expensive, well, then I, I got to come over here to these guys that I'm lending money to and I got to charge them more. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly Love it. it. So, Love it. Well, yeah, okay. No. Now, go ahead, please. No, go, go ahead. ahead. You're good. Where, where, okay. So to that end, we've seen interest rates go up. Obviously, man, 1%. I didn't realize it was that much. That's crazy. Um, I bet those phone calls have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you had that with anybody where you're like, somebody's kind of kicking the can down the road and it's, and then they're now coming back to you or have you had anything like well, that with where people lot, are like, with oh, refinances? No. <laughs> yeah. We try to get people like, Hey, if you're going to refinance, let's, let's do it now sooner rather than later. Right. You know, and, and we have a lot of people doing it for pulling out cash, paying off debts or, or trying to finish a basement or whatever. Um, but you do have some, I, I have run into a couple people building a home and now all of a sudden, um, in fact, just recently one that, okay, now I can't qualify for that home. And so they're trying to get parents yeah. involved to maybe co-sign different things like that. Cause, cause that, um, that, that cost of that home just is too high now for their buying. Power, right. So kind of a casualty. Yeah. Of what is that? What, what would, what 1%, what is that? Roughly, and not to put you on the spot, but roughly, what does that 1% mean payment-wise? Like, what's that difference mean now? Well, you are putting me on the spot. That's why I have calculators ah. for it. I, that's what, you know. I, <laughs> but but I, I mean, you're ta we're talking like hundreds of dollars, right? I mean, you're talking hundreds of dollars, for sure. Yeah, you're talking, you're, you're probably talking fifty dollars to $100,000 in buying, you know, with a 1% wow, hit. Wow, that's so, crazy. I mean, it, it, so crazy, yeah. Again, we'd have to look at the numbers, and that's what I got computers for. But uh, but yes, I mean, around <laughs> right. there, right? You know? <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, and that is great. Okay. So, so, okay, let's, let's finish that thought. Then we've popped 1%, um, where, and obviously you don't have that crystal ball. I no, I don't, nobody does, but where, where do you see over the next three, six, 12 months? Where do you, what are your thoughts? Just again, just off the cuff, whatever your thoughts are. Yeah, what would no, you, actually, what that's you? a great question. And, and here's what I'm counseling my, my people to do. Cause, cause like I said, interest rates have already been going up. I expect them to continue to go up, um, but actually, if if and this is a big if, really, um, if the yeah. Fed is successful in fighting inflation, you know, because the Federal Reserve is planning to raise rates, right? So, right, um, you know, which again, big misconception, but everybody think, oh, they're raising rates, mortgage rates are going up, right? But you know, what they they mess with has nothing to do with, I shouldn't say nothing to do with, but it's not they don't directly affect mortgage rates, okay? Right. So so ironically, um, as the Fed continues to raise rates um, to fight inflation, it's actually very possible that rates will dip back down. Ah, interesting. So what I'm kind of counseling my, you know, so people that are buying homes right now, one of the questions is, hey, do you want to buy down the rate, you know, pay a bunch of closing costs to get that lower rate? Um, and and the, the thing I'm advising them on is, hey, it may not make sense to do that because in six months, Probably, probably a year, you know, year and a half later, I may be calling you and saying, "Hey, rates are in the twos again. Let's refinance you." Right. So I would not pay a lot of money in closing costs right now, just because it's very possible. Now, again, no crystal ball here, right? So there's a lot of factors that have to play into this. So take that for what it's worth. But, but very likely, if the Fed is successful in fighting inflation, rates will come back down. Right. No, that's I. That's an interesting perspective. I do like that. I'm glad you you're sharing that because you're right. It's you know it's. So many people, I, and that's the whole thing that we really want to accomplish on this podcast is really cutting through the crappy noise that's out. I mean, you probably see it too. I, you know, again, I don't follow rates as, as much as I use. I mean, I still do with a lot of the other things we're investing with, but 
but don't follow that as closely, but you probably still see a lot of noise. Oh my gosh, like rates are going to go to 7%, you know, crap like that. And just kind of scare tactics. You know what I mean? Well, they're all, yeah. Cause they want to get them to buy. Right. You know, so it's, it's, you know, that's the goal, right. You know, so. Right. So, and so I I like the, I like the thought. I like the opinion because I hadn't really even thought about that, that you, you know, that you're, you're right. I mean, if it, and to be frank, I, I, I think the fed is handling things fairly well. Some people may disagree with me. I, I like what the way they're handling it. And there's obviously differing opinions there, but that's good to think that they could, we could see things level off. If not even maybe, you know, kind of come back down a little bit over the next year. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. I like that. So again, that's, that's kind uh, of what we're seeing as a possibility. So yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Cool. Very, very cool. I like that. Um, so let's, let's come back. Let, let's talk about that a little bit more because I don't think that, you know, the common man, woman out there buying a home, buying an investment property, buying, you know, whatever they're doing, investment properties or second homes, sorry. Um, you know, things like that. Obviously everybody's just like, oh, this sucks. It's, it's a higher rate, but t- talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, what does that really do to the actual marketplace? Right. So, I mean, supply and demand is not going to change. Right. We, we, I think there's still, you and I are both probably still seeing, I mean, talk maybe a little bit to like what your realtors are experiencing right now with bidding wars, things like that. But what does, I mean, so talk about that maybe a little bit, but let's talk more so about what does that, okay. So rates have jumped 1%. Let's just even say for grins and giggles, let's say over the next six months, it's up a half percent more. What does that mean to the real estate market? Great question. So yeah, you're the the real estate market is 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 still pretty hot, right? It's not as hot as last year, which in my opinion is actually a good thing. Last year was just crazy, right? That was bonkers. It, it really was. And so, do do you know? Sorry to interrupt. Do you, I mean, off the top of your head, off the top of your head, what it seems like there were some crazy appreciation rates last year. Do you do you do you know any of those th- numbers or anything, or do you have any general ideas what you yeah, saw? Yeah, I think I think it was close to twenty percent. Jeez. I mean, like it, it was a crazy number right i mean that is bonkers you know forecast was like six seven percent you know right and we you know so so yeah so this year things are slowing down right there's less uh people making offers on homes there's less of a bidding war now it is so it by any other standard it's actually a very hot market still this year but but compared to last year it is slowing down so so but again don't don't sit on the sidelines because it is a hot market right so Interest rates going up will obviously put some people out of buying a home, right? I mean, that example I shared in the beginning of the people that were building a home that now can't afford the home they were already building, right? So it will affect people. So the less buyers you have being able to buy that home, you know, you you have less demand. So that will slow things down. I think you're actually seeing also an increase in supply here in the market, right? There's, there's. So that's, is that starting to catch back up a little bit? Do you think? uh, Catch up? No, but, but like. But I mean, there's, there's people are, there's a lot of people trying to build homes right now because they, because mm-hmm. frankly, they can make some money. Right. And so yeah. whenever, whenever money is to be made, people are flocking to that part. Right. And so I have a lot of, you know, right. people that are, you know, not really uh, builders, but they're building homes. Right. <laughs> you know, cause right. they're like, Hey, we can make some money. So, so um, people are doing that right now, building homes and stuff like that. So the, the supply is increasing. And that's why I think you're not going to see as much appreciation this year, because again, the, the main reason you had such high appreciation last year is really just no supply and huge demand. And so right. you get people that are way overbidding for a house that has no, 
it shouldn't be that high, but it is because hey, we want a house and we got the money, so right. go for it, right? Right. So, so I, I guess to, to if I was to sum it up, then you know the market this year will still be hot, not as hot as last year. I would, I would, I, and in all honesty, I'd, I'd anticipate probably seven to eight percent appreciation this year. Um, you know, so still healthy by any means, right? But, but not twenty percent, right? right? Um, but I think you are going to see some slowdown, less buyers. Um, just because of interest rates, right? I mean, again. So are your are your real estate agents then a lot happier this year that you're working with because <laughs> they're not dealing with as many crazies? <laughs> yeah, you know the the benefit to an agent is, um, I mean, because a lot of those guys were hard, right? Because you know yeah. you're you're seeing thirty, fifty homes because yeah, and you're making ten offers on each. You know, I mean, there's so many offers, right? Because and you're right. competing, you're trying to differentiate yourself somehow between all the other offers right. and and. Um, you know, and it's not just, uh, you know, your, your offer is higher. It's not always money. It's actually sometimes to do with the agent you're working with and that relationship they have with that other person. I mean, so there's a lot of intricacies that go into making those offers. Um, and, and anyhow, yeah, no, I, I think agents are, should be a little happier this year. Uh, it's still going to, they're still going to be working for it. So. Yeah. Oh, I agree. But man, I swear it's, I, it seemed like there were horror stories out there of, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd make an offer you know, within the first hour of the home being open for offers. And it was like 20, 30, 40 offers. Totally. You know what I yeah. mean? Sight unseen, you know, hadn't even walked in the house. Hey, wait, this house fits our criteria. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, man. That is, and, and that's, you know, and, and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe you'll agree with me, maybe you won't. That, that to me is interesting. And I feel like, because there's definitely people out there in the marketplace that are like, oh my gosh, this is scary. This could be 08 number two. Right. And, and, and again, that's why I love you and I both have been in the marketplace, you know, since even before that. But that's what feels so different now. And I think from a from a data standpoint is like you're saying, there's there's actually a, a substance, a substance to this buying power. Right. There's there's so many people out there wanting to get the home, whereas before it was just speculation. It, you're, it's a complete difference between that time period and now. And, and, and I agree. I have a lot of buyers that unfortunately um, have been sitting out um, buying a home because they think, hey, it's going to crash right around the corner. I'm going to wait. And, and I remember having this conversation with people five years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, right. you know, in hindsight, you guys should have bought. Right. And, and yeah. And, and people, OK, no, now it's going to do it. Now it's going to do it. And, and to your point, um, it's a very different market than than, you know, 06, 07, you know, during that time. Right. I mean, it, it's very different. Uh, and, and it's, this is, this is real demand. I mean, we have real buyers that are really qualified and can buy a house. They just can't find one. And when there's a shortage of supply and a bunch of demand, prices go up. Prices go up. And that's what I like about it too, is just the fact that there is actual true normal, good or bad, right? That's debatable, but good, normal, healthy economics at play here, not speculative. In fact, um, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, The Big Short, but one of my favorite scenes in that movie is, and, and it's not a dirty scene or anything. So, so, so bear with me, people. Good, uh, good to know, Ty. Where, where he's at, he's at the strip club and, and the lady's not naked or anything. So again, bear with me, people. He goes to the strip club and he's talking to the lady about, because they're doing their, their due diligence on what's going on in the marketplace, right? Yeah. And this stripper lady's like, oh yeah, I've got, he talks about like refinancing her condo. And she's like, I don't have one. I've got like seven condos. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it seems like it's less 
of that speculative demand where one person's buying all these random things when they shouldn't be, when they obviously can't afford it. And it's truly more, you know, mom and pop or, you know, young married couple trying to get into their first house kind of a thing. So you're, you're exactly right. That's a great example of the difference between now and then. Right. Uh, and I know people just see high prices. They think, oh, it's, it's the same. It's, it's not. The fundamentals are very different. And, and you wouldn't know that, uh, you know, if you're not in the industry, yeah. right? I mean, you know, I'll just tell you the applications I'm getting are very different than those. There's no stated income loans, right? We're doing, right. I mean, these are W-2 employees that have money down at times and, you know, anyhow, so. Yeah, talk talk about that for a minute because a little a little side tangent here with that because yeah what what does the and I don't want to go off on this random topic but I mean this is this is why we do the podcast is we kind of talk about random things but talk about that a little bit because what did your borrower look like say oh seven before the crash versus today what is that difference Yeah, I mean again the biggest difference would be you know it's it's some guy that works at a job that you know does not make that much money and he's claiming, you know, he makes a hundred grand a year and you're thinking in 07 in 07. Yep. Yep. And you're saying, okay, sure. You know, but you don't have to verify, but you just say, what do you make? You know, I work at seven 11 and make a hundred thousand. Okay. You know, great. Good job. You know? And so something um, doesn't add up, here. something doesn't add up, but we'll trust you, yeah. you know, and you have uh, a face. Let's give you a mortgage. <laughs> that's exactly. And I worked at a big bank. I mean, Wachovia, they, you know, so I just did what I was told, which is, yeah, they do this. We're okay. So, so, so that borrower versus the borrower today, you know, who we're, we're documenting, you know, everything, right. I mean, we're getting pay stubs, W2s. Um, then, you know, we, we call the, the borrower's employer, make sure they still have a job. We have them fill out a form that talks about their income. Um, I mean, we know exactly where they stand. Right. Uh, we get tax transcripts to make sure that they didn't give us fake ones. I mean, you know, there are so many checks and balances now that to fraudulently do a loan um, is, I wouldn't say impossible, but darn near. Right. And so it, it, it's very different. The caliber, the quality of loans we're doing now versus then. I mean, the, the, those loans should have never have been done in that time period. But, you know, again, yeah. as a new employee, I yeah, just do what I'm told. But. Oh, no, you're right. Well, and even too, I think the idea was the the funny thing last time was in a way it was the demand was for the demand was for more borrowers, right? And the lending industry right now that there is there isn't that demand. I mean, obviously we want to have as much business as we can close, but it's like, you know, I get I get what you're saying. So that's how that that is interesting. Well, okay, so so on the on the idea of on the same idea of where are things going? Let's let's shift gears a little bit and not just, you know, a lot of your clients that are, uh, you know, buying their first time home or maybe they're, you know, upgrading and buying a little bit bigger home. Let's shift away from, from that borrower and shift to, you know, somebody that wants to invest in real estate, right? And again, I know, I know you've got some investment properties, so you, you've got your own, you know, you've got a firsthand, first, you know, front row seat experience with, with dealing with this. What, what are your thoughts and not, not necessarily just this year. Yeah. Okay. Interest rates are may, you know, have a, a, a higher chance of rising. Yeah. That's going to cut people out of the market. But for the most part, it feels like people buying an investment property. Yeah. The interest rates matter. I mean, I don't want to discount that everybody likes to buy a property as low rate possible, but that's not necessarily going to deter them one way or the other. I think it's this idea of value and can you generate cash flows, right? So, so what do you, in your opinion, what do you think, where do you see the investment side of the market? Where does that go over the next 12 to 24 months? What do you think? So 
Yeah, great question. I, you know, I love real estate as an investment. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, and I, I, I love stocks too. I have index funds and different things like that, you know, 401k funds, different stocks, you know, so I, I enjoy that too. But the benefit of real estate, in my opinion, is, um, and I always tell my clients this, which is real estate is, is get rich slowly. Um, not get rich quick by any means, right? But yeah. it's, you will get rich with real estate, but slowly, right? I mean, it takes time. Right. But in my opinion, that's really, I mean, I could invest a bunch in Bitcoin and, and have it go up and great, you know, that's, you know, that's awesome. <laughs> and nothing against Bitcoin, but I'm just yeah. saying real estate. No, I, I well, know right? exactly I mean, what you, you mean. Know, there, yeah. There's a lot of ways to get rich quick, but then the problem is you get rich slowly also too, right? I mean, are you get rich, uh, sorry, you, you lose that money quickly. Is I guess You get rich quick, you get poor quick. You yep, get poor exactly. quick, there you go. That's what I was trying yep. to say. So, exactly. so but with real estate, it, it, it you know, my best example is I actually bought an investment property in 2006, okay? Um, the worst time to buy an investment right. property, okay? Right. It was a duplex, okay. um, bought it with a friend of mine, and um, we bought it at the height, the, the, you know, so we paid the most we could for that home, and then prices dropped. And not only did prices drop, but the house we bought was, you know, for all intents and purposes, a money pit, right? The roof, um, you know, had a hole in it uh, later on, you know, and it dripped into the tenant's closet, and he was mad at us because all his clothes were ruined, different yeah. things like that. I mean, it, yeah. it had so many problems. And I just sold that two years ago and I made a good profit on it. Nice. Even though for so long it was just money pit and I bought it at the worst time. But again, over time, it was a great investment. Okay. Even buying at the worst time. And, and so, you know, the, the, the tax benefits of real estate are, are huge, right? As far as, you know, again, legally and ethically being able to write off things that are fine to write off that are part of that, that business. Right. And so, a lot of the income that you make from a home gets swallowed up in depreciation and stuff like that. So you don't really have to claim income on it. Right. Nice. Yeah. I, you know, there's just so many benefits to real estate. And again, just over time, it does go up again, slowly, most of the time, last right. year is an exception, but, but for the most part, it does go up. So I think real estate is part of an investment portfolio is, and I, I like it too, cause it's tangible, right? I can touch it. I can go right. to it. Um, right. You know, again, I own stocks. I, I love the stock market too. So, uh, but I think I, I like diversification is really what I come down to. I like being diversified in lots of things because then I'm not all into one egg, one one basket, right? You know, right. so I'm not exactly. all in on Bitcoin, which sure means I missed out on a lot of money. But, you know, I don't know. Right. No, that's I that's yeah, that's definitely it's even its own little, you know, <laughs> random two hours. Sure, sure. We could go off on that for a little while, right? Yeah. So, so uh, again, and I like what you're saying there because that, that's a little bit of my mentality too with this idea that, look, there's, along with that idea that like it's a long-term play, right? It's not get rich quick. It's not get in, get out quick, try and time the market. It seems like it's, look, if it's going to make sense, it's going to make sense longer term. So understanding that i mean do you really see though is it a bad idea do you still think there makes that can make sense to um pick up properties over the next 12 to 24 months do you see the real estate market holding strong for somebody looking to pick up you know a duplex or a triplex i don't know what do you think over the next 10 to, or 12 to 24 months yeah i mean ultimately if you have the money um uh i think it's a great investment and and especially if you're planning to hold it long term again that would be my my main thing right is is um, right. long term. I, I I don't see prices coming down because again the fundamentals are different. I, you're not going to see a crash. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you may see a little bit of a pullback in the next year or two. You know, depending on supply and different things like that. But like it would be minor. Right. And and I think long term, 
real estate would still be where it's at. And I think you'd be fine, especially rents are going up, incomes are starting to go up. I think this is just a fundamental shift in the market right. where everything's going up. And, and obviously that includes real estate, right? Yeah, and I like that idea too, because there's definitely correlation with, even if inflation does stay high, right? That that affects rents, right? Inflation goes up, rents go up, right? So I, I do like that kind of as an inflation hedge a little bit. So cool, and, and I like that. Yeah, and again, the benefit of owning that home that's a 30-year fixed rate, right, is your payment never changes, right? Rents can go up and exactly you're making more money, yeah. but that payment doesn't change, so. Um, before I, sh I wanna shift gears and, and get just some insights from you just into the general lending industry, but what what would you, if you had one piece of advice to give to somebody who wants to buy property. Like, I love that you talked about that. In fact, I, it's funny now you bring that up. I totally remember, I remember, you know, some of the headache and stress and stuff from when you guys had that duplex way back when. I, I, I do remember that. That's funny. I, in fact, I, I thought you'd gotten rid of it a long time ago. So that's cool. Just that it was just a couple of years, a year or two just ago. A couple that's, years that's ago. interesting. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. So, okay. So, so what, what would be your, your number one piece of advice you know, cause there's a lot of people that, you know, that listen that are like, Hey, I love real estate. I'm, I'm thinking about doing it. What is your biggest piece of advice to them as far as, you know, to how to be successful with investing in real estate? What are your thoughts? Well, I guess, it, so my number one piece of advice would, would be, um, just like anything, start early. Okay. You know, try to buy that first house as soon as you can. You know, you're like, hey, I'm not married yet. I don't want, I don't know. Hey, buy it when you're single, rent it out to your roommates, right? You know, so now you have roommates that are living there with you. I would say the sooner the better, because if I go back to my main principle here, which is it is a get rich slowly kind of thing, start yeah. early then, right? You know, then right. give yourself that 30 year horizon and stuff like that, okay? Right. So so that would be my number one piece of advice is get started. Um, and and um, it is, I will say it is scary. I mean, you're, you're, uh, I mean, it's that first house is scary to buy, right? You're, yeah, you're talking, you right. know, it, I mean, back in my day, it was like two, 300. Now it's like four 500, right? You know, so, but like <laughs> yeah, that first seriously. house is expensive, right? And so right. it's, it's scary to get into that. And so, but, but what I would say is just do it, get into it, look at the numbers, run the numbers, you know, figure out, Hey, what your payment will be, what you can rent it out for. Um, we have a great thing on our website where you can kind of check um, where, you know, rents are and stuff like that and kind of see where they're at for that area and stuff. And, and hey, let me, if it makes let sense, me cut you off really fast. What, what, what is that? What is that site? I want to plug that site and we'll plug it at the end again. What, what site are you talking uh, about? Yeah. So if you just go to workharding.com, so work hard, ING, just play on my last name. Workharding. Uh, okay. Yep, workharding.com. So they've got, you've got that tool. So somebody can kind of get an idea of yep, like, yep. if you just go under team cool. info and then rent, you know, rent out my home, there's a, there's a thing where you can type in the address of the home that you're going to rent out and it'll give you the average rents for that area. Okay. Um, and, uh, very helpful, actually, because, again, it's all about the numbers, right? So if the numbers make sense, right. especially in today's dollars, if they make sense in today's dollars, they'll, of course, make sense in 10, in 10 years from now because rents will continue to go up, uh, whereas your house price will stay the same, or at least your payment, excuse me, uh, will stay the same. So, um, but, yeah, again, my number one advice would just start early. It, it's it's scary, but do it. But get it, get, just jump in. I like that. Well, and, and the one thing I would say kind of along those, well, not exactly on the same lines, but something you were talking about a little bit and I've, and I've, and I've, and I've noticed, and, and this is actually one thing that I've liked that I've, I've seen in you over the years is you, it, it, you know, a lot of times people think, okay, it's just going to be passive. It's going to be, 
I'm going to buy this thing and make money. It's like, no, it can be scary. And you, you have to, it's actually, you have to work, right? And, and, and it, you're running a business, right? And that's what I'm saying. I, 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 you've definitely, you've been successful in your business, right? In lending and owning property. And I think that people need to understand that is it's like, look, it's not going to be like hunky dory, just kick back. Yeah, that can, it can evolve into that, but over time, right? You got to get your feet wet. You got to get your hands dirty. You got to dive in. You got to run the business, right? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I will, uh, let me add just one thing, I guess, to that too, which is, you know, so yes, you do have to get, you know, you do have to jump in, you do have to do those things. But, but I wouldn't like, sometimes people are like, well, I don't want to fix toilets. I don't want to have to fix, you know, I'm not a handyman. I am the least handy person. My wife is way more handy than I am. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, like I am the least handy person. You're going to, you're going to admit that openly on the I'm, air, I'm yeah. openly admitting it. She wants to, hey, <laughs> she would agree it. with that anyhow. She knows that. So um, I, I, I am super not handy. Right. And so, um, but, but here's what happens when a toilet breaks or when the furnace goes out, do you know what I do? I call the plumbing place or the heating place, just like I would at my own home. And I have them go out there and fix it. Okay. So, I mean, I don't have to be a handyman. Obviously, if you are, you probably could save yourself some money, but probably not that much money. Um, but yes, to your point, you are still running a business. You are still, you know, doing those things and you want to keep track of stuff, obviously for tax purposes and stuff like that. But ultimately you don't necessarily have to be, you know, if you're, if you're a computer programmer, don't worry, you know, you can still own property. You don't have to fix those toilets. Okay. That's no, I, I, I love it. And the thing I like about that too, is, you know, you bring up a great point that it, it makes sense and, and it can be a little less hands-on, but you've got to account for that, right? You've got to make sure you're you're accounting for those dollars that need to be paid for that, right? So I, I like that. That's 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 a really good. Um, let's take just a quick second. What? Okay, so somebody buying an investment property. Let's. I mean, just so the basic nuts and bolts. What does that take right now to get into an investment property? Great question. So yeah, you could. The majority of the time, I would say twenty percent down. Technically, you can do you can do like fifteen percent down, but it gets really really expensive. Um, and so, you know, to, to probably make the numbers work for you, 20% down. Um, if you can do 25% down, you get a little more of a break in the interest rate too. Okay. So, so I'd say the ideal situation would be 25% down, but again, maybe you don't have that money, you know, you can do 15% down and, you know, ideally later on, you know. And can it be, so like, obviously probably not like a gift from your parents, but let's just say that, you know, you and I found a property we really like, and if it's maybe a little more expensive, could you and I partner on a deal and we each put say 10% down in the same deal together? Yeah. So if, okay. as long as you're both on the loan, um, you can combine assets, right? So now if, if you wanted to buy it and, and I was, and you didn't have the money, but I had the money, but I wasn't on the loan, then, you know, then the answer is no, you can't. Uh, ultimately, just tell you the money has to be in your account for two months prior, right? So you'd have to have gotcha. it in your, okay. in your bank account that money already. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, so if you, okay, so I like that idea. So let's just use that example. So let's say that, Hey, I found this property. I'm willing to do, you know, a little bit more of the toilets, tenants, trash crap. I'll, I'll deal with that. And it'll save us a little bit of money and I can qualify. Um, and you've got the 20% you would still have to be on the loan, but we could technically do that together if you're on the loan with me. Correct. I would have to be on the loan. Yep. Like yeah. Uh, okay. If, if it's my money you're using, I would have to be on the loan. So. And, and roughly, and again, obviously there's variables, but roughly where are we seeing rates right now for, for investment properties? So a, a good rule of thumb is, is typically about 1% higher than the primary residence rate. Okay. 
So, um, you know, high fours. So high fours, low, right high, low fives. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Um, anything else with that? Like where if somebody's doing an investment property loan, any other like specific rules or things that they should be scared of or cautious of or be prepared for? No. In fact, I would say the investment properties are actually easier to buy than you think because um, really the biggest hurdle uh, is the down payment. Okay? You have to have the money. Gotcha. Um, okay. As far as qualifying for an investment property, you know, a single family up to a fourplex is, is the nice thing about it is we can count the rental income that you will oh, be yeah. receiving. So, so, so talk like, about that a little bit. Yeah. So if I, hold on a second, if I, if, if I buy a single family versus a uh, fourplex, how does that work with, I, I actually, I was going to ask that next question. Cause I have a lot of people ask me all the time, how, do I get to count the rents? How does that work? Yeah. So if you're, if you're structuring the home as an investment property, so if you're buying, whether that's a single family or fourplex or any, any, anywhere in between, um, we can count the rental income to help offset the payment. So that's why I say, you know, I've had nice. people that make very little money um, and they are able to buy an investment property because they have the down payment. And that's because, again, they, they, have, um, they can count that rental income to help offset the payment. So it makes it so you don't have to be super rich to buy an investment property, right? right. Um, you, just, you just need to have the down payment, which, again, is hard, right? I mean, 20% down on a $400,000 yeah, home. Yeah, a chunk of change. Grand, yeah. Right? So, yeah, it's yeah, a lot of money. Exactly. But, but, yeah. but that is your biggest hurdle. Okay, beyond that, income-wise, I would say most people are going to qualify. Uh, because, again, I can count the rent. 75%. Nice. Nice. Okay. So even brand new property, buying it my first time, I'm a first time investment property buyer. I can count some of that income. Correct. Cool. I like that. That's cool. That's really, really cool. Uh, all right. Let's uh, last little couple of questions, last little thoughts here. What, what are some of the big mistakes or what are some of the issues you're seeing right now in the in investment or owner occupied housing? Getting those loans. What are some of the big mistakes you're seeing right now? What are some of the kind of the, what are some of the landmines that people have to navigate in that? Because everybody's like afraid of the underwriter, right? And I know you're not the underwriter, but your job obviously is to make sure you help people avoid the underwriter's wrath, right? What what are some of the key things that people need to, you know, what what can they do to prepare? What mistakes should they avoid? What are some of those kinds of things? Yeah, I you know, I, I'd say the, the biggest mistake or the biggest thing that I would say is, is um, borrowers not getting educated prior to finding that house, right? So, so I think the first step always is talk to me, right? You know, get 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 started so we know, because then I can tell you, I mean, I'm not gonna tell you all the rules, I'm not gonna bore you with all the rules, but I'm gonna look at your situation and say, okay, hey, if you're trying to do this, here's some of the rules that are gonna apply to you, and here's what we would need to do. So, so that would be the, the biggest mistake is just, hey, talk to a lender first, ideally me, right? You know, in this situation, but you know, talk, talk to a lender first, get that education that you need, so then you know what you're doing, right? Um, you know, some other just common mistakes, I guess, uh, obviously for self-employed borrowers, a big mistake is is always writing off too much of their income. You know, hey, none of us want to pay taxes, but, you know, the more you write off, the less income you have to buy that house, right? So um, so be careful with your write-offs, you know, as far as, as doing that. D- d- dive into that for just a quick, quick minute. Yeah. Self-employed, because I definitely see a lot of people who are successful and self-employed, and they're still trying. Like, what would be a little different for them? Say, you know, John Doe or Jane Doe that works for, say, Adobe, making 150 grand a year, W two. What's the biggest difference you see for those? Yeah, the, I self-employed. Mean, yeah, the the way. So we live in a world where they the 
the government likes that W-2 borrower, right? And, and you think yeah. about it, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are government owned. You know, so, so at the end of the day, the underwriter likes that W-2 borrower. It's safe, it's secure. You know, he's making, you know, 80,000 a year and, and we can document that. We can see he's salaried, it's guaranteed, it's stable, consistent, predictable. Underwriters love right. that, okay? Yeah. You know, the self-employed borrower would say, hey, I'm way more secure. I'm making way more money. Like, why don't you like yeah. me? And, and I get it, right? You know, but, but what an underwriter looks at for that is that we don't know where your income is going to be at, right? And so they typically right. look back at the last two years and they average that income, okay? Um, and so if you're self-employed and you're right, if you made, you know, $100,000, but you wrote off 50,000, well, I can only use 50,000 in income, okay? Right. So, so you have to be careful, again, and you're, you're probably legal and ethical to write those things off. I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong, but if you want to show enough income to qualify for a house, well, you're going to run into some problems there. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. So you, what you're saying is you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't, you can't skip out on paying taxes and still show a lot of money to qualify for a house. You got to do one or the other. Correct. Correct. The only, the only thing I guess I would add to that is occasionally, and, and, it, and it depends on a number of factors, good credit, um, down payment, different things like that. But occasionally we can get away with what's called a one-year waiver. So instead of averaging two years, we can just look at the last year, okay? And in that situation, you know, because again, if you're trying to show more income, you don't want to show it for a super long time, right? So maybe only one year. Sometimes we can get around the two-year thing and we just average that one year. So that's a possible workaround sometimes for people that are self-employed. But, um, and, and again, that would go back to, hey, get educated first, talk to me first so we can kind of figure out where you're at, right? And that's what I'd say, because it seems like a lot of people that I talk to that want to kind of crack that real estate nut are successful, but there's kind of this stigma out in the market that's like, oh, if you're self-employed, it's, you know, ugh, I don't know. But sounds like from what you're saying, it's like, no way, it's still definitely doable. Very, no, I don't want to say easy, but it's still plenty of people qualifying that way. Totally, totally. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, you totally can. It's just, it just takes some prep work. That's why I say, talk to me. The earlier you talk to me, the better. Because yeah. we have time to, to, you know, to get things in order so that we can help you buy, right? I bet that's fun. Do you ever experience that where somebody comes in and is like, hey, I got an offer on a house. I'm ready to do a loan. You're like, yeah, I haven't even, I haven't even, you know, do you ever get that? Yeah, oh, I totally People kind of cart before uh, the horse. <laughs> not, not as often as I used to, less now. I mean, I think more and more people are doing good, but, um, but yeah, no, you still get that, right? And, and, and you're like, all right, let's hope you can, right? And, and let's often hope they you can. can. If you lose your earnest money deposit, it's not my fault. <laughs> That's exactly it. You're not a my, moron. That's exactly it. It's not my problem. All right. Last, last thing. And I, didn't, I forgot to put this down for us to, to talk about, but what is one of the worst experiences you've had with crazy borrowers? Can you think of any off the top of your head? Who, who's been, who's been what, what's been one of the craziest, worst, nuts, crazy? Because again, the crazies are out there. Do you have any off the top of your head you can think of? Well, here, I'll just say this. Obviously, no names. No names. Oh, oh right? I was going to say, it was, uh, was Hanson is who I was talking about. I was, I was going to say, don't rope me back or any of my family back into this. So, <laughs> um, here, a Simple story, not necessarily uh, super crazy, but um, one that comes to my mind, I guess, on the spot is, is um, a guy that uh, we had uh, pre-approved for a refinance. Um, you know, it was going to save them a good amount of money. They were super happy about it. I'd met with them um, and um, we got started and, uh, and, and pulled credit on him. And, uh, and he had just bought a car and he hadn't even told his wife about it. And that car caused the 
refinance to essentially not be able to happen, right? You know, you can't, like they were barely qualifying for the refinance. It was going to help them a lot, but a $400 payment a month kind of pushed them out of the range right. of being able to refinance. And so right. uh, that messed up the deal. So, so um, he was in hot water so, for many reasons. <laughs> so don't go open a bunch of credit before you talk to Ryan. Correct. That's what you're saying. Don't, yeah, that's exactly right. it. So hopefully Actually, still you know together, what's funny about that? But, you know. Do you know what that? Do, do, do you know what story that reminds me of? The, is it is you, Robert? So the Victoria's Secret. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, so Ryan and I have a good buddy, Robert. That's my favorite story. It really is. <laughs> it's so yes. funny. And quick, long story short, they pulled credit, and there was there was a huge Victoria's Secret line of credit outstanding. The wife's like, I have never bought anything from Victoria's Secret. <laughs> So obviously, so he bought something for somebody from Victoria's Secret. It, it wasn't his it, wife. Uh, yeah, the, he was having an affair. Is what he was. <laughs> he, yeah, yeah it, it was and so and the and, you know she just found out right then and there that they that right he was having an affair there. all in front of uh, Robert the loan officer. <laughs> oh, it's a great and he tells the story way better than either of us can do it. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It, it, uh, so so it's you've never experienced story. that though. You've never had it. You've never uncovered an affair. I have never uncovered pulling. an affair. Okay. Just, That's just good. husbands not telling their wives what they were doing <laughs> yes, about their car. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, oh man, that's crazy. Uh, no, I mean, I appreciate you taking taking some time today and and jumping on with the with us on our podcast. It's fun having you, and and, and you know, love picking love picking your brain. Like I said, you know, you've definitely you've definitely seen a lot of success and and hard work, and I I I think that's awesome. So, um. You know, for any of our listeners, any of your people, again, how, what's the easiest way for them to get in contact with you? Uh, yeah, probably. I, I mean, I guess the easiest way to go to my website, all the contact information is there. Um, we have our own podcast, blog, social media presence, stuff like that. So you can go kind of search those out at workharding.com. Work Harding. Okay. W-O-R-K Harding, H-A-R-D-I-N-G, workharding.com, right? Yep. Not workinghard.com. I've had a lot of people mess that up. We are working. Hardly, hard. hardly working. Yeah, no, not that one either. Not that one either. Not that one either. So, work, work hard. Hard. Right. Gotcha. So, Perfect. Um, and uh, the, the podcast is work hard, play hard. So I, I like I, it. I, I like to use my last name for fun. Games, I, I guess so, I like but, that. Know. That's a, that's a, that's a really, really good one. That's fun. Um, okay, cool. Well, yeah, man. I, uh, again, like I said, I really appreciate you joining us today. It was great to have you on and, and, you know, sharing some of your insights from, you know, what you're seeing down in the trenches in the marketplace. That's, that's really, really good. And, and I do like, I like the idea, not, we're, we're not holding you to it, but I do like the idea. It's good to get some insight from somebody that's, you know, deep in the business that, Hey, you know, just because the fed's doing stuff with interest rates doesn't necessarily mean, you know, we're going to see, you know, rates at 7% this year. Right. So that's, exactly that's good. I like That's it. exactly it. Like, if, if anything, if they do their job, the, the, what they're trying to do, if they're successful in doing their job, I should say, rates actually should come back down. So, yeah, nice. let's see how this plays out. Uh, so, I love it. Okay, man. Well, uh, yeah, thanks again for your time, Ryan. It was great to have you on today. Appreciate hey, it, bud. Thanks, Ty. Thanks for having me. Yep. Yep. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ty and Ryan, the Finance Guys podcast today. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hit subscribe. That way you won't miss any future episodes. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Ty and Rye Podcast. Also, check us out at myprosperteam.com. Thanks. We will see you next week.